Well, we're here at the Darting Through the Faith podcast. I'm Father Sean Wilson. With me is Julia Monin. And are you staying dry today, Julia? No, it's rainy. It, it's been a rainy day. Yeah. That's why you got your raincoat on? I do that... have my raincoat on. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. Yeah. That's why I wore my hoodie today, too. I am tempted to totally... Let's... You want to just do this do the whole time? the whole time? Okay. Okay. Is that allowed? They say yes. I'm in charge here. Oh, that's right. Is that <laughs> Isn't that a joke? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. You know when it's raining like that and it's gloomy like... I feel like nobody could see my face. This is oh, great. Oh, that might be. Yeah, can you see his face? Probably not, especially now because you did that. There, that's better. How's that? Is that better? better? Okay. So it's probably the best I've ever looked. <laughs> I mean, no. Yeah. But let's seriously, just move on. seriously, when it rains like this and it's rainy, do you struggle to motivate and to like to actually? Uh, do things besides drink coffee all day and read books because that's what I wanted to do all day. uh, Does drinking a lot of coffee count as motivation? (laughs) Although I haven't had a a lot of coffee. Mm. I'm at my normal third cup at this point in my day. That's good. At this point in the day, that's really good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... How about you? I'm I'm guessing from the sounds of it, it's oh, a it's a book and coffee sort of day. Or it, I wanted it to be. Oh yeah. But you know, I just offer that to the Lord and put that aside and try to do actually what my duties were today. Mm. So well, good for you. Good for the Lord. Good for the Lord. <laughs> That's right. But you have to overcome that temptation. That was my point. I am now. Now I want to keep rolling for with this, but. Man, we were talking about some really dope Eucharistic martyrs today. We are. And I'm worried that this is doing them an injustice. Do you think they would be humored by this? <laughs> you do look moderately ridiculous. Okay. So I am going to put this down okay. so that I do not do these beautiful martyrs, these 20 martyrs we're talking about I today. Know, 20 of a them. A disservice. But that was fun. Okay. Okay. That was fun. Well, maybe that means it's prayer time now. Sounds huh? good. All right. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for the witnesses the witness of the martyrs. We thank you for the inspiration they give us and the heroic um, way they imitate your own son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask that we we may be encouraged by their example and we may witness to your goodness with our lives. And we ask this through the intercession of St. John Paul II and the Blessed Virgin Mary, through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So what are we talking about today, Julia? So... Unbeknownst to me last week when we threw the dart and we landed on the topic, Eucharistic Martyrs, Gorkum slash, how did we say we were pronouncing that? Ron Oig Diggle. I'm so glad you say that. It's just so Juan. Juan. Just Juan. Okay. Yeah. So unbeknownst to me when we landed there last week, these are two different sets of martyrs. One's an individual, Juan. Mm -hmm. The other one, the 19 martyrs of Gorkum. So there's your first fun fact. Mm -hmm. This is what we're talking about. So I think we discussed, we're going to start with sharing the story of the 19 martyrs of Gorkum because they came first. Sound good? Okay. Yep. So July 9th, 1572, 19 priests and religious were put to death by hanging at Brielle in the Netherlands. They had been captured in Gorkum on June 26th. So spent 13 days imprisoned, right? beaten, tortured. Why? Well, I, it gets back. So this is like post-Protestant Reformation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the Protestant Reformation happens and then the kings and the princes are all getting involved into which religion they should go. But it's not just Catholic and Protestant. And then the, the process Protestant mm-hmm. begin to divide even between the Calvinists and the Lutherans mm-hmm. as to which, so whichever, you know, whichever religion the king or the prince chose, then the people would 
follow along afterwards. And that's kind of how things were in the in the that day and age. That wherever the wherever your leader went, that's where the whole people went. Mm-hmm. So this particular area of uh, of the these low countries, uh, Holland and Belgium, began to move in the Calvinist direction, which is probably you know, taking even further direction from Catholicism, from Lutheranism, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going in that direction. And well, if kings and princes are getting involved and there's a power struggle, there be wars, mm-hmm. right? So these, they call them the wars of religion, but it's basically these, these princes were using and kings were using religion as a, as a, using it to fight each other, right? Mm. Not a good thing. Yeah. But something we know nothing yeah. about. Nobody's ever done that in our own day and age, huh? Use religion for fighting. <laughs> right. No, never. Nah, it doesn't happen. Right. Uh-huh. This is a unique time that happened way back then. Uh-huh. Right. So different from our own. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> and both sides committed some great atrocities, yep. right? Horrendous atrocities, pillaging, destroying towns, villages, <clears throat> and farms, leaving a path of poverty, diseases, the whole bit. So... Mm. So yeah, it, it wasn't good. Like nobody, nobody really comes out on top in the midst of all of this. So, so they are arrested by a band of Calvinist pirates. Mm-hmm. It says. Basically, pirates. Yeah, yeah. Um, who are opposed to Catholicism, to say the least. Right. right. Okay. They're imprisoned and tortured, subject to countless indignities, and then offered their freedom if they would deny the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist and the primacy of the Pope. So these are like the sticking points, right? Mm-hmm. You mentioned the Reformation, the splitting off, and so saying if you deny the real presence of the Eucharist, this the reality of the Pope, then you can be freed. Right. You can imagine where this is going. We're talking about Eucharistic martyrs here, right? Yeah. So the, amongst this this group, there's 19. So we've got mm-hmm. 11 Franciscans, mm-hmm. uh, four parish priests, two Norbertines, an Augustinian, and a Dominican friar. So they're the first ones to get arrested, which that's not all 19. I don't know how many that is, but it leaves a couple out. But then, so the, these guys are arrested, mm-hmm. and this guy in a neighboring town in Cologne, Germany, mm-hmm. um, John, John, who's a Dominican pastor, says... Well, if these guys are in prison, they're going to need some spiritual help. So I'm going to go help them. And mm-hmm. I'm going to help their people that are now abandoned because all of their priests got imprisoned. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, they're going to, they're going to get John. Mm-hmm. He, gets, he gets arrested too. Which, mm-hmm. But that's just so, that's incredible, mm-hmm. right? Like everybody's arrested. I should go help. Mm-hmm. Man, mm-hmm. that's courage right there. It is, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Hmm. So, yeah. Um, okay. So none of them, though, take this offer, right? And Mm -hmm. so they, um, even the prince, it says, despite a letter from Prince William of Orange. Who's not Catholic. Right. Ordering the release. I think it's Orange. Oh, that would be better because Orange does not sound very. William of Orange. (laughs) That doesn't sound very princey how I said it. Um, So it says, despite that, that he ordered that they be released, the men were thrown half naked into the hold of a ship on July 6th and then taken to Brielle to be killed in the presence of a Protestant nobleman who Mm -hmm. was noted for his hatred of Catholicism and who wanted to watch them suffer and die. Um, Wow. Okay. So then the scene of the martyrdom soon became a place of pilgrimages. Or, yes. And then several miracles were accounted. The relics were used for um, their beatification. And then most of the relics are kept in the Franciscan church at Brussels. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now. Hold on. Yeah. The martyrdom first. How they yeah. were martyred is they were in a, like a turf shed, right? Mm-hmm. A place that turf was 
held, I okay. guess, kept cool. All right. And they hung them all from the rafters mm. of there, which is like particularly like time consuming, right? Like mm. to hang somebody, you know, and it's physical labor, mm. right? You could have just used a sword or something, mm. right? But that's really kind of interesting. There's some paintings and a half mm-hmm. of this taking place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you just... For all of our viewers at home, I highly recommend Google image search mm-hmm. Martyrs of Gorkum. Mm-hmm. And it is like something else. It really is. Um, at one point, I wanted that to be on the cover of our bulletin. And then people intervened and said, that's probably just a little too gruesome. I mean, it's something. Yeah. To see these people mm-hmm. in Franciscan habits just mm-hmm. being hung mm-hmm. for their faith and the real presence and the primacy of the Pope. And the reality of it is, too, is that they were so mutilated and tortured before that this actually looks a lot prettier than what the reality really would have been. I mean, here in the image, at least the one I have in front of me here, they're still in their nice, clean Mm -hmm. habits, Habits. right? Yeah, they wouldn't have been clean. That's not the reality. Okay, so they're arrested, they're tortured, they're taken to be hung, to be killed, and is there one in particular that you oh, want to talk about? There is okay. Father Andrew thinking... Waters, mm-hmm. who let's just say had a less than savory reputation. Mm-hmm. So he was often known to be drunk. He had affairs with numerous women. Mm-hmm. He fathered multiple children mm-hmm. and he had been suspended from active ministry of as a priest. So mm-hmm. he was a pastor in a neighboring town. And then he was living in Gorkum. Mm-hmm. And there's two stories, and there's a debate as to how he got in this prison group. So there's one that said they came and they knew this less than savory priest mm-hmm. was there, and they're like, "Well, you're still a priest. We're gonna we're gonna get you. Mm-hmm. So you're coming with us. You're arrested. Whatever." There's another story that I like to think is true that as all of these prisoners are being arrested. He hears about it, and mm-hmm. he goes and he volunteers and says, I, too, am a Catholic priest. You should arrest me also. Because mm-hmm. you think, like, that that would just be such a bold move and, like, a little sense of hope. Like, mm-hmm. the Lord just just in his darkness and his sin and his filth just touches him right, right in the heart and mm-hmm. says, you need to witness to the primacy of the Pope and the real presence in the Blessed Sacrament. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't end there for him because he's taken in and as they're they're basically beating these guys, he gets belittled constantly, right? And isn't that, you know, like you're a drunk, mm-hmm. you're a fornicator, mm-hmm. you're a philanderer, whatever, mm-hmm. you're a terrible example of a priest and mm-hmm. all priests like you are just horrendous people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so that's that's the story that's going around. Mm-hmm. Or that's, that's what they're using. It's like, isn't that what the devil does with our own sins? Like, remember, yep. you're sinful. You can never, you can never be my martyr. You could never be good mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. because remember all these terrible things you did, mm-hmm. which for him, they were all true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's being not only physically tortured with the rest of the group, but also emotionally, psychologically, mm-hmm. spiritually right. tortured because of his past and his failings. Him, like all the others, are, again, offered their freedom. Renounce yeah. this and give you every chance to renounce this and you can move on. Even as he's getting to the last moments of his life, he's given one final chance to renounce all of this. Renounce the Pope, renounce the real presence of the Eucharist, and he refuses. He refuses. Saying what, Father Sean? I I knew, I'm so happy that you let me say this uh-huh. because it just, he says, a fornicator I have always been, a heretic I will never be. Mm-hmm. And with that, they kill him. Mm-hmm. Which... I mean, what a line, right? Mm-hmm. He recognizes his sin and just how mm-hmm. terrible of a life he lives. Mm-hmm. 
but he's not going to renounce the true faith mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ and his church. Mm -hmm. And he dies mm -hmm. and he is a saint mm -hmm. interceding for us forever in heaven. Mm -hmm. A sign of hope. He does. And he, he is a sign of hope. He reminds us of like yeah. what the Lord can do in spite of our sinfulness right. and in spite of all the mistakes we've made. And it's like, you have one less, you have one last shot at heaven, mm -hmm. right? You've lived such a terrible life. Mm -hmm. The Lord has given you this opportunity to share his body and blood with the people to forgive sins. Mm -hmm. And here you've wasted it on mm -hmm. loose living and mm -hmm. drunkenness. Mm -hmm. And in the Lord's mercy, he says, I'm going to give you another shot. Mm -hmm. You're going to have, it's going to cost you your life, but I'll give you one more shot at heaven. Mm -hmm. And he does, mm -hmm. right? Like at the very last, he's like the good thief, right? The good thief that lives a terrible life. And he's sitting there at the, on the cross and he says, Lord, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. Mm -hmm. This day you'll be with me in paradise. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened for this guy, mm -hmm. which is just remarkable. It is. And it's so interesting because we've talked about when we've talked about Eucharistic martyrs before and how the Lord has slowly, like Maximilian Colby comes to mind and how Maximilian Colby lived this incredibly virtuous, heroically <laughs> virtuous life for a very long time before he ultimately gave up his life mm -hmm. in the concentration camp and how the Lord was like slowly preparing him to suffer in that final martyrdom. And this isn't, this is like the opposite we get with him, like totally lives a life of sin and, you know, especially scandalized sin because of the authority he was given and the, the priest that he was ordained to be, right? Especially scandalizing. And yet, still has this opportunity for grace to go to work, like you said, like the good thief hanging mm -hmm. next to the Lord. And his words here, his final words, fornicator, I always was, heretic, I never was, remind me honestly of St. Paul. You know, mm. St. Paul quoting so beautifully, the Lord Jesus Christ came to save sinners. Of these, I am the foremost. Like right. coming to that realization that, you know what? My sin, as great as it is, is not greater than God's mercy, and I'm going to accept it and give my life for it. Right. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even in our, our own our own lives, like uh, we are so far from perfect that we are probably closer to Andrew Waters, Father Andrew Waters, than we are to the perfection that Jesus Christ called us to. Right? Like we're mm -hmm. actually closer to him and mm -hmm. we all have to say that mm -hmm. on our own every day of our life. Mm -hmm. Like whatever whatever it may be, a gossip I always was, or a mm -hmm. or a impatient or an angry man or or mm -hmm. unfair, whatever it is, mm -hmm. only selfish, whatever you name it. Like mm -hmm. all of us are gonna have to own our sins, mm -hmm. but I will but I will still try to be faithful when the Lord calls it, like mm -hmm. like he did. Mm -hmm. And it's an incredible example. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when we talked about the Confidior and we were talking about the reality of, if you can really grasp that in those words and what's actually happening as we enter into the holy sacrifice of the Mass, like really take ownership mm -hmm. of the reality that we are sinners. I am a sinner, you are a sinner, we are all sinners, and yet we hope in the mercy of Christ and throw ourselves in His into his merciful arms. Like, if you can really grasp that, like you're on this path. You're mm -hmm. on this straight and narrow path. Like we're, we're often so blinded by the fact, well, now this guy sounds like a, you know what, yeah, but he's I, a on real the other fornicator. Hand, <laughs> I, on the other hand, I'm fine. Yeah. You know, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad yeah. type of a thing, which is never good. So, no. all right. So the martyrs of Gorkum okay. give their life and, and you know, the, it, because Jesus is really present in the Eucharist and it's amazing to like, to think like that would be a, a sticking point, mm -hmm. you know? And even like, even in our own day and age, sometimes we think, well, as long as people are going to church, does it really matter? Or as long as things are, and their example is life. It's better not to live than to live life apart from the Eucharist. Amen. 
Yeah. And that's a perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> yes. That's a perfect word. <clears throat> that's a perfect transition into our next one. Yeah. That I'd rather not live than live a life apart from, from the, the Eucharist. Eucharist. Okay. Juan perfect. Roy Diggle. Diggle. That's how we're going to say it. I'm a thousand percent sure that is not a hundred percent right. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, good. Okay, I'm saying nothing else. Okay, so he was killed during the Spanish Civil War, born May 12th, 1917, died in... 1936. Thank you, right there. Yes, 1936. Killed out of hatred of the faith and solely because of his love for Christ. Yeah, and I mean, people, I, I think around, we probably don't know like how bad that Spanish civil war was for the church and how many, how many, uh, priests, laity, religious died Mm -hmm. in, in that and how secular that was. It's not something that we, we know about in the history class, like, like we would, you know, like what was happening in Nazi Germany or communist Mm -hmm. Soviet union or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it was horrendous. Mm -hmm. I mean, just so there, I think there's a group of, was it like 15 seminarians that have recently been canonized who were all killed in hatred of the faith. So, Mm -hmm. So that's uh, that's him. He so his uh, his family experienced some or uh, uh, some economic difficulties as they they move into this town of oh, what begins with an M. Where what was it? Madura, something like that. El, Ma- El Masnau. Masnau. Yeah. So this is in Catalonia, which is that area of Spain near Barcelona. So there's even like a different, completely different language, not just a different dialect, but a different mm-hmm. language. So. Mm-hmm. Anyways, okay, so his yes. family had some issues. He decides he's going to pitch in to help cover their ex, um, cover their expenses. He gets a good Catholic education and joins this Federation of Young Christians of Catalonia. And they've got a whole bunch of members, members and he's leading catechesis for younger children. So by all accounts, he's he's living like a heroically faithful life. Absolutely. In his in his late teens. Absolutely. And it, I, I was edified to point out like he had desired to go to school and study law. Mm-hmm. But when his dad found himself, his father found himself in some financial difficulties, he put that aside and went to work and made the most of it, essentially, right? right. Um, going about how he lived an incredibly intense spiritual life. And again, we're talking about he's he's a teenager right. at this point, 18, right? 19. Um, <clears throat> he went participated in the Holy Mass every day. One place I read said he was at Mass every day at 5 a.m. before he went to work. Um, daily meditation, practices of piety, deepening deepening his understanding of the so- social doctrine of the church. Um, a young man of singular virtues and great interior transparency. I love that. What was it? Trans what? Transparency. Okay. Yeah. So like he lived, he lived his heart out. Like you right. knew it when you saw him, right? Yeah. That this is a man who's living an incredibly intense interior it, life. His faith wasn't private. Huh? It was it not radiated private. through him. Yes. Right. And evidently, he told the the priest at his parish that he told him, "I normally dedicate at least two hours a day to my spiritual life: mass, communion, meditation, and visits to the Blessed Sacrament. It is little, but my work and the apostolate do not give me more." Two hours, he's like, I wish I could give more to the Lord, but this is my duties. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's heroism mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. But evidently, they would find him around the Blessed Sacrament all the time. So a man whose life, like you think about the planet and gravity, how that works, where his life is completely surrounded mm-hmm. by the Blessed Sacrament, and that's his whole life is kind of in orbit of mm-hmm. Jesus and the Eucharist, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is beautiful. 
And I can imagine at that time in his life, absolutely necessary because that Spanish Civil War was nasty, mm-hmm. right? Witnessing friends dying um, and then all of these wounded people and searching the hospital. Evidently, he searched the hospitals daily to see if there was anybody he knew there or checking to see if people who had died. So, And, and also um, taking them Holy Communion as well right. on the, the elderly, the sick, offering them comfort during the dark times, which, of course, got darker and darker as Mm -hmm. time went on. He um, openly spoke out against communism and the regime, wrote an article to a local paper, one of the sources I read said, and then um, knowing that, you know... Yeah, that's a target. Yep, that's going to put a target on my back, but he did it. And then about four months later, I believe I read where the... um, Yeah, things really started to intensify, and sure enough, he was pulled out of his home in the middle of the night on the evening of September 10th, 1936, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, one of the stories I read said that he was in the van while they went to his uncle's home to find his dad to to kill him as well. They never ended up finding his father. I don't know what happened to his father, actually. Um, But then, yeah, they took him out to shoot him and kill him. But did you have there what his last words, like during his kidnapping, what happened? Yeah. May God forgive you as I forgive you. Mm. Is that what you had? Well, I had that. That was the last words he okay. said as right before they shot him. Okay. But when they came to the home to take him in the middle of the night, here's here's what I read. That the, one of the priests gave him permission to keep consecrated hosts in mm. his home in case of emergencies. Right. And one of the things even said that he was so fervent about that, that he must have told the priest or his spiritual director, like, you know, give me permission to do this. I'm just going to go to France. It goes back to what you said, like... I would rather not live than live without our Eucharistic Lord type of a thing. Um, But anyway, so he had consecrated hosts in his home that he would have there in the case of emergencies to take to the sick, to take to the elderly. So when the the men, the masked militiamen came to get Mm -hmm. him, his mom distracted them while he consumed all of the hosts that were there to avoid them being desecrated. Um, And then in English, his last words to his mother were, God is with me. Yeah. Someone, I fear nothing. Up. I take my master with me. Mm. Is that what it said? That's there? what I had. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so it must be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fear nothing. I take. And you think about that. Like he's received. He's received the strength of him who died for love of us. Right. So. Right. What is there really to fear? Right. Our Lord is going through that. Mm-hmm. So is with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They said they they shot him five shots to the heart and one to the head. Mm-hmm. Seems like a bit of overkill. Right. You know. But overkill, huh? Kill, overkill. Is that a pun? Overkill, kill. <laughs> overkill, I think, means it was like just more than was necessary. Yeah, I know, but also it was in the act of killing him. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Anyway, my bad. Sorry to I distract you. That, I thought that's where that saying that word would have originated. From. Well, that's what I mean. Like that's, I guess, what I was kind of asking. Oh. Do you think that that's where that came from? I do. I know. Okay. I do. Okay. Nice. <clears throat> So, uh-huh. okay. Yep. So quite a heroic young life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else okay. you got? You look like you got. Well, I was just making t- sure. Yeah, no, I think we, we touched on everything. You mentioned the hours in adoration, his life centering around the Eucharist. And again, that, 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 that reality of his life, like I would rather not be here than be without yeah. our Eucharistic Lord. And even the fact that yep. he kept the blessed sacrament at his house shows you how dire those times were, mm-hmm. where a priest could not leave to go give Holy Communion to an mm-hmm. elderly person without getting shot or kidnapped or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So he has to entrust. And that was the same thing, if you remember, we discussed with Tarsicius, right? right? That, okay, the laity are going to have to take communion to the sick because mm-hmm. we just can't, you know, 
it will just be dead on as soon as we step mm-hmm. foot out of the church or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so he did that and knowing the full risks, right. That he's willing, he would rather, he would rather take communion to those who are sick rather than live without knowing that they're going to die without the Lord. So right. that's generous <laughs> to say the least, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> That's underkill. <laughs> underkill. Ah. Uh, 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 uh. I think, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So two Eucharistic martyrs. Well, 20 in total. 20. Yeah. yeah. But two groups. Mm-hmm. Same okay. story. Who's going to be next? <laughs> Long live Christ the King. Long live Christ the King. That's right. That's right. Viva Cristo Rey. Mm-hmm. Oh, Miguel Pro, there's another martyr, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is he on our board? He's not. He yeah. didn't die. He's not oh, like a specifically Euc- yeah. Eucharistic sure. martyr, but yeah. boy, he okay. he's an awesome one. Okay. Well, we crossing this I off? I think so. And I remember last week we had such a difficult time throwing the dart on the board because, not because of your poor skills of throwing a dart, but because we are dwindling down. At least I don't. I'm trying to be nice and not blame it on your poor skills of dart Thank throwing. Thank you. <laughs> Where is there any particular place I should be going? Wherever. I'm going to not be. Look Ooh, at that. The gospel oh, and the creed. Nice. Wow. Okay, that's a big one. Yeah, that seems That's important. a big one. Okay, that yeah. seems very important. It mm. <laughs> seems very important. Stay tuned to find Stay out. Stay tuned to find out. Coming next is. week on Darting Through the Faith. <laughs> So for prayer to to close as we close this, in the um, homily for the Mass of Beatification for this last martyr that we discussed, Mm -hmm. again, I'm going to let you pronounce it. Blessed Juan Rogue Diggle. There you go. So in his Beatification homily, Cardinal Omella ended with a challenge to each of us, a prayer. So I'm going Mm -hmm. to end with that in our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us stare like one to be well grounded in Christ in order to offer the love of the triune God to our brothers and sisters. Let us be, as today's gospel proclaims, good seed that bears abundant fruit. Jesus will never leave us. He will always be at our side to share with us his risen life. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.